really don't think there's any question at all as to whether or not we'll have to fight to maintain ground to keep what we've battled for so far. Now, when I say fight, I don't necessarily mean about fisticuffs, but I do mean sometimes it's market share. Sometimes it's the brand position. Sometimes it's to own your tagline or to own your trademark. And that might mean that you have to battle in court to keep your trademark or to keep your, your tagline, to keep your logo or your brand colors. At sometimes you have to fight the competitor or you have to fight your own internal battles of self-confidence or internal demise like bad customer service, uh, inside theft or what retail would call shrinkage. Uh, there's going to be a fight. If you're in business, if you're an entrepreneur, if you're married, there's going to be a fight. There's no question there's going to be a fight. The question remains, how will you fight? And today I'm going to give you a couple of strategies that you may have never considered in the battles that you're guaranteed to face in this world. Welcome to Leading Leaders Podcast. Five minute videos, five days a week. I'm Jay Lauren Norris with Leading Leaders Podcast. And I know it doesn't matter where you're at in life, that the ground that you maintain right now, where you stand in your relationships, where you stand in your business, maybe even where you stand with regard to your education. Uh, there have been some battles to get where you are. You fought those late nights. You fought those overnight mental cramming sessions to stuff more information in your brain so you could finish the test, get the exam behind you, and get that degree. You fought night after night after night with sickness or maybe as a parent with a, a new baby or in your job to get that new position and the new promotion and have the opportunity you want in front of you. You fought in the marketplace to come from obscurity to well-known in your business. You have fought again and again and again. And one thing that I learned watching MMA is that it doesn't matter who your opponent is, there's always a strategy. A strategy that might give you an advantage and a strategy that means I understand that I have already have and I've acknowledged, I'm aware of my own disadvantages. See, when it comes to a battle, whether you're talking about in the octagon, in the streets, on Wall Street, or just day to day in your network meeting and you offer the same thing that four other people offer, you've got a battle to maintain your ground, to keep your head up, to have your confidence. And if you go into that battle, if you go into that fight with no strategy at all, you know, I, I love studying some of the stuff by um, like uh, Dr. Miser who started BNI and some of the other brilliant people when they talk about networking. Some of these strategies for networking have to do with building your self-confidence and putting yourself out there and talking about your business in a way that other people recognize and easily distinguish you from your competition. But some of these are about being memorable, about people saying, oh, I know who you are. I, I recognize your brand, whether again, that's logos or that's color schemes or that's the slogan or the tagline. If those things are clear enough and people recognize them and they can associate them with a need that they have, and a solution you provide. See, they've got to be able to put all those things together. It's kind of like when that MMA person goes into the ring and they're fighting someone who's six or seven inches taller but in the same weight class. And they've got an extreme reach advantage and you're thinking, I can't even get close enough to punch them in the nose because their arms are so much longer than mine. Immediately, you've got to have a strategy. You've got disadvantages that you've got to be aware of. 
So maybe you have to have a good takedown strategy. Maybe you have to figure out how to bob and weave better and keep your head out of the way of their hands because they're likely to smack you in the head. So when it comes to competition in our business, even in our relationships, we have to understand, acknowledge, become aware that we have disadvantages. When we can acknowledge that we do, we can compensate for them. So what are the disadvantages that we have? Are we slower to market? Do we take longer to build a product? Does it take us longer to deliver the service that we guarantee is gonna be the better service? Do we take fewer customers because we just can't produce the volume that someone else can? What is it that is our disadvantage? Now I know there are a lot of people who would say, I don't have any disadvantages. I'm the best at what I do. I'm the only one that does what I do. Nobody else does it like I do. And I think right there you have a disadvantage. It's called a blind spot. If you're not aware that there's someone else doing exactly the same thing you're doing, maybe with a little different nomenclature, maybe with a little different purpose, maybe with a little different strategy, um, then you're just blind to your own surroundings. But I can tell you this, competition is a good thing because competition can both force you to make yourself better and offer opportunity that you would have never seen before. How do I know that? I remember when I first started off in retail management, I was right out of the Air Force, had not really managed a whole lot before. I had a chance to take over a printing shop in Austin, Texas, eight blocks from the state capitol. And when I took over the store, it was doing about seventeen dollars to $18,000 a month on a good month. When I left that store, it was doing $48,000. We were number two in the entire company several months in a row. And the primary thing that we recognized as different was the fact that the way I performed customer service for my customers was completely different than my predecessors and completely different than the people around me. But I remember the first week I was in the store. I, stole, I told the corporate guy, I believe he was COO, who hired me, I said, you know, there's a print shop literally right across the street from me, and we have our own store, another store in the same brand, the same company, a sister store, two and a half blocks away, and they have like 45 times the square footage, and their whole store is glass front, and people can just walk down the road on Congress Street, and they see it, and, and here I'm up hidden in this building. How am I supposed to compete with that? He said, look, if there was no competition, I wouldn't even want to be there. And I thought about that for a minute. I thought that doesn't make any sense. He said, no, seriously, there's got to be a little bit of competition to keep you sharp. He said, you watch. If somebody opens a McDonald's on, on the northwest corner of an intersection, within a couple of weeks, there will be a Burger King on the northeast corner and a Slotsky's on the, on the southwest corner. And it'll just continue to grow because if there's a good place for burgers there, there's going to be a place for two different kinds of burgers. And if there's a good place for two different kinds of burgers, there's a good place for food in general. And soon you'll see the entire area grow up with food. That never left my mind. I think I was 25, 26 years old when I heard that. And I look back now in my life and I think all the times that I've seen competition pop up, what they've really done is caused me to distinguish myself in a different way. They've caused me to fight a little bit differently, not to give up the fight, not to walk away from the fight, but to fight a little bit differently, to change my approach, my techniques, my, my tactics, my practices. And one of the things I want you to know, this is battle strategy number one. You absolutely must master your story.
Now, I know you've heard that. Right now, it's the buzzword. Everybody in the world is talking about story. Everybody's talking about story as part of your brand, and story is how you sell, and story is unique selling position, and, and you've got to master the story of the story arc and the, uh, what do you call it, the epiphany bridge, and, and yes, it's, it's everywhere. It's absolutely everywhere, but let me take you a little bit deeper in your story. I, I love to listen to people like Dr. Caroline Leaf, and Dr. Caroline Leaf will tell you your story isn't just the outward expression of your brand. While there's a lot of truth to that, you tell people a lot about who you are by the story you tell, not only of yourself, but the story you tell of your customers and your clients. When you explain to someone else what you did for client A, now some people would just say, well, that's a Google review or that's a Yelp review or those are my online reviews. And there's some truth to that. There's a lot of value in the story being told by your customer about what you did for them. There's also a lot told about you and how you relay and relate what you've experienced in the journey with client A or client B or client C. So that story is very powerful, but let me take you one step further in the story, because the story isn't just an expression outward of what's happened in your experiences. Nope, it's, uh, it's a whole lot different than that. In fact, the story in your life informs your life. It informs the dendrites in your brain. The story, what's coming out of your mouth. Now, this goes back into psychology more than branding, you would think, right? When you are talking, you're literally telling yourself everything you're telling somebody else about you. For years, my story was I'm fat and unlovable and nobody wants me. For years, that drove my behavior and destroyed relationships around me. For years, that prevented me from being successful in business. It prevented me from getting the sale or getting the job even. It was when I began to change the story about myself and say, you know what, you do have some unique gifts. You do have some things to offer. You do have an opportunity that's different than anybody else's. My ability to change that story changed my health. It changed my quality of life. It changed my relationships, not only with me internally, but with the people around me because I became easier to deal with. Now, still today, just this last weekend, I had a chance to Chat with someone that I see as a mentor who is willing to speak truth into my life even when I don't like to hear it. And that person said, you know, I, I realize when you're focused and intense, I know you well enough to know that that's your level of excellence rising to the top. You are laser focused on what you're doing and you're not here to be amenable and palatable and fun for everybody. You're here in that moment to be intense and to get things done with exactness. And I recognize that, but not everybody does. In fact, for some people, they think you're being unpersonable. They think that when you're being intense and perfectionist about what you're doing, that it's not about the quality of work that you're doing. It's just that you don't like people. And I thought, well, that, that doesn't seem like me at all, but I can understand that perception. So what does that mean? That means the story that I tell myself has to change a little bit. That even when I'm intently focused on doing excellence in the things that I'm doing, I also must Put a smile on my face and not allow myself just to be so internalized on the perfection of what I'm doing, but also to be personable and friendly because some people don't understand what it is that I'm doing. But that's a challenge. But that's the story. Here's something else that I know. Number two about the story is that everybody has one. Everybody has a story. 
It may be the story to their journey of where they are today. It may be the story of the pain that they've lived through and they haven't figured out how to stop telling only the story of pain and find the joy in their story. It may be the story that tells you why they're stuck at the place that they're stuck in their life. But not everybody who has a story has a voice. Let that settle in for a minute. In fact, let me say it again. Not everybody who has a story has a voice. Here's what I mean by that. Just because someone has a journey in their life that has brought them to the point that they are painful or glorious, the point that they are in their life right now may still be restrictive. They don't have the opportunity to express that story, which means if they're not sharing that story, if they're not expressing that story, they're also not hearing that story. And they're not being challenged in that story. They're not being asked, are you sure that's true? For years, I said, I'm fat and unlovable and nobody wants me. And the first time that I confronted my wife at that 10 years into our marriage, her words changed the way I perceived me. She said, I love you just the way that you are. And I know that you were given as a gift to me. Well, wait a minute. That's not the story I've been telling me. That's a different story. What do I do with that different story? And that changing of the story changed the who that I am. I know that there are a lot of people out there who have never had a chance to voice their story. They've just never had a chance to share their story. And not being able to share their story in that way means they've never had anybody challenge that story and go, are you sure that's true? I remember Bob Hamp telling a story one time of, of a, a lady that he met. Uh, she had been arrested. She had been uh, charged with some pretty serious crimes and they had her handcuffed when he walked in the room. He said, you can take the cuffs off. And she's like, you don't know who I am. You don't know how dangerous I am. And she went through the litany of all the things. And he just sat there calmly. And he looked at her when she was done. And he said, but what if you're not? And she just broke, broke down in tears, just began to ask that question. What if, what if I'm not? What if I'm not all these negative, hateful things I've said about myself? How would changing your story change the rest of your life. Or we can't undo the past, but we can sure redirect the future. And so strategy number three is to give people a voice. So you've got to know that you've got to battle. You've got to understand your tactics. You also need to understand what your disadvantages are and become aware of them. Number two is you've got to realize everybody has a story and that story isn't just an expression of what you've been through. It's also information that will change the who that you are as you go forward. And number three, you've got to give other people a voice. Yes, everybody wants reviews in their business. Everybody wants someone else to go, yay, look what a great job you've done. And everybody wants the opportunity to hear the accolades coming to them. But when there are other people who don't have a voice, or was it MLK that first said the riot is the expression of those who have no voice or who haven't been heard? I believe there are a lot of people in this world today who just don't have a voice. They don't have a chance to speak up. They don't have a chance to step on the platform, take the mic and express. Everybody's scrambling to try to get a TED Talk, but most of them are doing it not because they don't have a voice, they're doing it because they think getting a TED Talk is going to make them famous. Look, my job isn't necessarily to get everybody a TED Talk, but here's what I will do. Uh, story power. Storypower.tv is our website. That's under the Tell It Like It Is category. Uh, Tell It Like It Is has Transforming Grace, Leading Leaders Podcast, uh, Story Power TV, and That Guy Rocks. And in those categories, we are an entertainment marketing company. That's what we do. That's what Tell It Like It Is all about. 
We help people get exposure for their business, help people get exposure for what they're doing in this world. We also help people tell their story. Storypower.tv is about telling your story. And we know that sometimes that's complicated. Sometimes there's just not an opportunity. So if you've ever been to an open mic night where you get a chance just to share a poem, share a song that's original, do a karaoke, do it, do whatever you want to do just to express yourself. We built a mobile stage to be able to just express yourself. That's literally what it's for. To be able to pull up and tell the world this is what's going on in my life and we're going to live stream it. We'll put it on Facebook and YouTube for as long as they'll allow us, but it will also be resident on our website, storypower.tv, for as long as Square allows us to post videos on our website. And we'll continue to do that because we want to give voice to those who have not had a chance to have a voice. Because I know your story is powerful. It's powerful in your branding. It's powerful in the form of reviews. It's powerful in the form of transforming your history into a new future. And if you listen to Dr. Caroline Leaf, it's powerful in transforming your physiology, your heart rate, your blood sugar, your cholesterol level. They all react to your story. If your internal story is a mess, your body's going to be a mess. But if you don't ever have a chance to voice that story, to hear it come out of your mouth and have someone say, but what if that's not true? Or, wow, I'm so glad that's true. Or let me help you make the next, next phase even more true. Then that story is going to sit inside and just eat you up. We all know people struggling with stress, with inflammations, with cancers, with things that are eating up their body from the inside. And it's hard to believe, but the neuroscientists will tell you, most of that starts with rotten thinking that is eating up the physiology of the body. Get that story out there. We wanna make a way for you to do that. I, I'm, I'm challenging you as leaders. Don't remain silent about your story and encourage the people around you to express their story. Listen intently at the things that they're saying and what they're not saying. Because we are in a fight. Sometimes a fight for our very lives, our health, our physiology, our very existence. Sometimes for our political position, sometimes for our faith position, sometimes for our branding position. We are in a fight for our lives. And if you want to thrive, if you want to succeed, if you want to carry forward, the story is the most important part of that. As a man of faith, I know that uh, there's a story that comes to an end at some point. I also know there's a story that has no ending. And the relationship between those two, between the everlasting and the eternal, between the temporal and the eternal, between life and life after life, that bridge is imperative that we get over it. But there's only one way to overcome that evil, and that is by the work that was done on the cross and the power of our story, the testimony. That's where it comes from. If you want to win the fight ultimately, that's it. Half the battle is in your story, internally, spiritually, and in this world. I'm telling you, your story matters. Go to storypower.tv, click on the right side, you'll see the little button for availability. Schedule some time for us to come out to your community. We'll just do an open, not, open mic night in your community if you simply sponsor us to be there. Give us a reason and we'll be there. We want to give you a chance to share your story. I'm Jay Lauren Norris with Leading Leaders Podcast for Tell It Like It Is TV. Have a blessed day.
Subscribe now for our extensive video library of leadership lessons promoting faith, family, and freedom. Subscribe now for our extensive video library of leadership lessons promoting faith, family, and freedom.